Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated. The Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. So excited to be back here with another episode. Hey, we got one in the books, and uh, no one shut us down yet. So uh, thank you, Internet Gods, for allowing us to come back for a second show. Hopefully we have a lot more good ones to come as well. My name is Matt Kenfield from Lionel Racing, and it's a pleasure to bring this podcast to you once again. And uh, if you stumbled upon our debut episode last week, you heard from Alex Pullman, and uh, we've got a lot to uh, commend her for on her first episode and stuff, some stuff that we can pick on her for from her first episode. So, uh, Alex, thanks for joining us. So we give you the opportunity to do both this time. Oh, I, I'm really here for the party. I'm super excited about both. Absolutely. And uh, joining us as well for the first time on the Authenticated Podcast is Lionel Racing's Michelle Fannin. Michelle, you had a chance to listen to the first one, and we didn't do good enough. So we brought in the one who can really make this <laughs> this ship go the right direction with you today. Thanks for the pressure, Matt. I really appreciate it. Um, I thought the first one was great, and I'm looking forward to joining you guys and um, seeing what we can do with this one. So um, thanks for the pressure again. Well, uh, like. You know, we've done one, so the second one can go in one of two directions. If you liked the first one, we can go either really good or really bad. If you didn't like the first one, good news is we can only do better from there. So we're going to see what we can do for you today on Authenticated. Sunday afternoon at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the NASCAR Cup Series was turning left and right on the road course at IMS, that famed Brickyard uh, facility. So much history, so many memories at that track, both certainly with open wheels and NASCAR. And we made some memories, uh, to say the least, on Sunday in the Cup Series Verizon 200. And uh, uh, I think memorable is probably the best way to call that race. And whether they're good memories or bad memories, either way, it made an impact for sure. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely, toward the end, a very eventful last nine laps or so. I don't know how you could have predicted that, and I don't think anybody did. And I don't even know how to describe it, really. I mean, I was really excited about the 1 p.m. start, first of all. (laughs) And then it went on and went on and went on. And it was exciting. And uh, it was a show for sure. And I'm really excited that AJ won. I think that was a super exciting outcome for that team and for him. But everything that went on before that um, was pretty chaotic. And uh, 
It was a show. It, it was that. It was certainly entertaining. You know, the 1 p.m. start, I was making my lunch when the race started, and I was making my dinner when the race ended. Now, I don't think anybody really saw that one coming, but A.J. Allmendinger picks up his second NASCAR Cup Series win, but his first since 2014, and and I'll be the first one to... Uh, to say this, we mentioned that we might pick on Alex, but I'm not going to pick on her just yet. <laughs> she said that the dark horse pick of the Sunday's race last week on the podcast would be AJ Allmendinger. I told you so. I did give her a hard time being AJ's number one fan. Her, uh, she and her husband are, you know, presidents of the and secretaries of the fan club of AJ Allmendinger. Uh, gave her a little bit of a hard time. Um, I think that her victory was. Well-deserved. You know, I will give her credit for that. But I won't give her all the credit because Chase Briscoe allowed that to happen. So, congrats, Alex. Well, Chase Briscoe, I mean, he was dominant. You know, he was running well, and so was Denny. But, you know, kind of missing that first corner is kind of what, unfortunately, did Chase in. I mean, AJ was kind of in the right place at the right time, which was great for us. We were really excited about it, so... I can only imagine what your house was like. What was between you and Connor? And for folks that might not have heard last week's uh, podcast, uh, Alex and her husband are huge AJ Elmendinger fans. Take us back to your living room on Sunday afternoon when contact between Briscoe and Hamlin opens the door and AJ is going to win the race. Um, Connor had been sitting on the couch the whole time. And then when AJ took the lead, he stood up and like would not speak until the checker flag fell and I was refreshing Twitter and I already knew what happened, but I wasn't going to say it out loud. You can't do that. Ah, well. That's cheating. <laughs> I did anyway. We, our TV was on a delay. I just wanted to know if he would actually win or not. But yes, he was super excited. And then Connor's already online trying to like try to order the die cast. And I mean, he was stoked. Um, and we sent AJ messages on Twitter and he thanked us. And yeah, it was really really cool to see so it was probably pretty cool for you and your family to watch that race but michelle you might have been kind of in awe for different reasons because seeing contact at the end of the race uh, like that with a guy like hamlin that hasn't won yet this year briscoe that hasn't won you know in his cup series career and it allows aj to win i mean it, it was something that you know doesn't happen very often with penalties and all kinds of crazy stuff there well it's hard to put together right i mean you're watching it a, we work for Lionel Racing. So you're always looking at it like any of those scenarios would have been great as a seller of diecast, right? So you have your business hat on. You're looking at that. Hamlin hasn't won yet, like you said. Chase Briscoe winning would have been great. AJ winning would be great. But then watching it as a fan, that's a lot. I mean, and you're looking at all the things that led up to that, the curb issues that they had, all the cars getting banged up. I'm cautions maybe should have been thrown before that so those instances wouldn't have happened that would have led to a much different result of the race did chase briscoe know that he should have been penalized did he hit denny on purpose it seemed like the guys in the booth thought he did it on purpose because that was the call that came out so all of that led to such a chaotic finish to the race but at the end of the day aj winning is super exciting you cannot have a more excited winner than AJ, and we really like seeing that. I like seeing that as a fan, somebody who just is so appreciative to be in victory lane. His enthusiasm was yeah. like top level. Like you, it's so cool. He he celebrates like it's his first win exactly every time, which is great to see. Which it was the first win for Colleg Racing, and obviously right. Colleg Racing moving from the Xfinity Series, uh, going to go full time Cup Racing kind of dipping their toes in the water this year um you know a great first win for them but 
for a guy like AJ, um, you know, to be able to win in Indianapolis yes. for a guy like him, you know, yes, a lot of fans might recognize him from NASCAR over the last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, but he's got an open wheel background. There was a time where, you know, his dream was to win the Indianapolis 500. He probably saw himself kissing the bricks at in, in an open wheel car long before he saw himself kissing it there uh, in a stock car. So uh, when there's guys that appreciate the history, which I'm sure all 40 drivers in the field appreciate the history of Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but a guy like AJ who grew up kind of going down that IndyCar path certainly does still does a lot of road racing. You know, that's got to be a really cool feeling for a guy like him that you know saw himself at indianapolis winning one day oh yeah. yeah i think he appreciates it maybe in a different way than some of the other guys in the field like you said so all good and there's a lot of damage on that car oh my god i mean from a diecast perspective that's going to be a really sweet race win i am um, on twitter i saw a colleague post like the like up close like really cool shots of the damage and it was really cool to actually see a team do those kind of action looking shots well, and Matt, I'm sure you've looked at all the race win shots that our cameras and action group take at the track and all the close-up detail shots that we see. I mean, that car's got some battle scars on it. Oh, all four corners had some damage, especially on the rears on both sides. I mean, lots of scuffs, lots of scrapes, dents, and... Uh you know, no confetti. I kind of put a challenge yeah. to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but they're old school. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're too, uh, they're too traditional. And certainly with the captain, Roger Penske owning the joint now, I don't see him uh, bringing in confetti cannons. Uh, but still, AJ tearing up that car a good bit is going to make one great uh, Lionel Racing race win die cast, which is now available for purchase or for pre-order, excuse me, uh, from LionelRacing.com and other authorized Lionel Racing die cast dealers. So if you haven't placed your order just yet, do so. I know LionelRacing.com is offering dual autographed elites with uh, AJ signing it as well as his crew chief. Of course, it was his crew chief's first win in the Cup Series as well. And uh, lots of meaning there because, uh, you know, Colleague Racing, Matt Colleague, you know, uh, successful businessman in the Midwest, starts a race team, uh, a lot of alliances with Richard Childress Racing. But, um, you know, I, I what I like about them is that they've kind of done it from the ground up uh their their general manager there chris rice uh, i've known his mom for a long time because she was the promoter at uh, south boston speedway in virginia and i worked hand in hand with her on a lot of projects back in the day uh and seeing chris a short track racer work his way up there a lot of their crew guys worked in the late model scene in the southeast worked their way up um so it, it's really cool to see a team like college racing make that move and in a season with a lot of high profile and uh, well-known new teams, you think of 2311, track house racing, and now colleague racing at a part-time level. I didn't. Did either of you? I'll start with you, Alex. Did you see colleague racing being the first one to get to victory lane in 2021? I mean, not really, but I mean, I hope for it with AJ behind the wheel at a lot of the road courses, knowing his experience with certain road courses in his background you know it's always the options there but no i did i definitely would have seen a track house or 2311 who run full-time i honestly didn't i really thought the only way that would happen would be potentially at daytona or talladega just because anybody has a shot at those racetracks i thought it would be at daniel suarez or 2311 so kudos to them i mean what an exciting story for sure. And Absolutely. I do like AJ's, um, you know, what he said that Matt Collick, you know, he doesn't care how bad the car is dinged up as long as, you know, they're trophy hunting. That's that's their motto over there. And I love their enthusiasm 
you know, for their passion, for the sport, to go out there and win, have fun, which that whole team is just a big party, I think. Right. Well, I mean, that's why that's why you show up to the racetrack is to win races. You know, there, there are some that are operated like a business and, you know, the success isn't as important necessarily as, you know, breaking even or making money or something like that. If success comes with that, then so be it. Um, that, that's even better. That's gravy on top. But uh, a team that just flat out admits that, hey, we're, we're here to win races and make people mad and by doing so uh, is a OK in my book. But. Uh, again, a, a crazy race, a, a crazy, um, the way everything unfolded there, like Michelle touched on a little bit with the, the track coming up uh, in certain parts. Uh, look, I think Austin Dillon said it best towards the end of the race in an interview after he was taken out in one of those incidents. Yeah, the track might not have been under the ideal conditions for where they were and, and, and things like that. But the bottom line is these guys are professional race car drivers. They are paid to push the envelope. Sometimes that envelope busts. And they saw that part of the track coming apart, and they had two choices. They could either keep running over it and take the chances that it could, you know, ruin their day or avoid it. Me personally, if I see that there's potential calamity there, I think it might be best just to kind of take it easier, you know, go around those curbs to not, but Hey, at the same time, that's why I was a mediocre at best street stock racer. So, um, you know, I, I, I agree kind of with what Austin was saying there towards the end of the race that they're paid to push the envelope, but sometimes you got to let, you know, your brain do the thinking instead of, uh, uh, you know, instead of your right foot. So, uh, that's just one guy's opinion. And no matter what, the first win for colleague racing in the NASCAR Cup Series, the Hyper Ice number 16 Chevrolet race win diecast now available from Lionel Racing. Get it today, lionelracing.com, through the Lionel Racing Call Center at 1 800 952 or other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. Now, fans, we're getting into a segment we like to call Fresh Paint, where we're going to introduce to you some of the newest paint schemes available in die-cast form from Lionel Racing. This week, we had a couple of really cool releases that, uh, you know, I think you fans are going to want to snatch up. The first one being the Kyle Larson Number no. 5 Valvoline Instant Oil Change Chevrolet. And Larson, obviously, with his five wins this year, almost had a six because he was running up front this past weekend in Indianapolis. Um has had some pretty sporty paint schemes this year. This is another one in that line. And uh, as a Valvoline Instant Oil Change customer myself, this is one I'm probably going to add to my collection. But uh, I, I got to say, the Hendrick Motorsports is on top of their game, Michelle, as far as their paint schemes go this year. They're they're really putting out some sporty-looking cars. Yeah, between Kyle Larson, his standard Valvoline car, Alex Bowman, and the Ally paint schemes they've put out, I mean, Exalta always does a smash-up job with their paint schemes. But this one looks fantastic, the red, white, and blue. I think the blue is going to be the dropout color if you're a special finish collector, like with Color Chrome. Um, this is just another one that I think Larson fans are going to really love. And another thing, too, uh, you know, as if you're a Kyle Larson fan, you know, in his previous team that he was with in the Cup Series, his sponsor and his look didn't change a whole lot That's through true. the course of the year. Yeah. So if you're a Larson fan... Obviously, with him winning a bunch of races this year, Alex, that, that's a cool deal. But knowing that he is running a bunch of different paint schemes uh, this season uh, also has to, you know, kind of fuel your diecast passion as well. I mean, 
you know, his, his previous team. This paint schemes were kind of, you know, there might be slight changes here or there, but at least this year he's got different sponsors who have different looks, and it's really cool to have each new car in your collection, you know, as well as race win standards. It's just really cool to have. If you haven't seen this car yet, we are debuting a new Instagram story feed called Fresh Paint, and we're going to put all of our diecast releases uh, in that section. So if you're not already liking Lionel Racing on Instagram, make sure you do so, Lionel underscore racing on Instagram. Next car in our arsenal this week is Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s number 47 Hungry Jack Chevrolet for JTG Doherty Racing, and uh, ran last week in Indianapolis, and Alex, I know this is a team that you work with, the JTG team, and uh, uh, we had a lot of fan feedback for this car, so we made this happen. Oh, absolutely. Fans were talking all about, and Hungry Jack even did a little cool video with a die cast on top of a stack of pancakes with whipped cream and made it really cool, really good marketing technique, and I mean, if fans, fan, this is the greatest looking car, you know, definitely the, if you love food, it's the best looking car on Sunday, so... And as someone who likes food, <laughs> I hereby vouch for the need for a pancake car. I mean, if they put any kind of breakfast food, uh, pancakes are high up on the on the totem pole for me. I, I'm a pancake guy. Uh, this one's going to be on my shelf because it's pancakes. Well, and I think this is a good example, like you said, Matt, of an instance where there was quite a bit of uh, social media response to this paint scheme. And people asked us, you know, we really want to see this car. And they reached out to the team, too. And so um, Alex did a great job. Alex works with this team on a regular basis, like Matt said. And she reached out to the team and got the artwork, and we got it going. So um, I think Stenhouse fans, we sure hope that you order this one because we really wanted to um, respond to all that feedback that we got on social media and make this happen. So it's out there. We hope you go to LionelRacing.com and order it or to your uh, – favorite authorized diecast dealer and get in your pre-order yep you were hungry for the diecast and now we got it out there i see what you did there uh, nice job alex yeah, yeah. That, that was good okay go to breakfast go oh i'm just kind of like an an egg scramble kind of girl with toast that's boring come on well western omelet oh okay and maybe i do like pancakes i mean i gotta be yeah i mean it, how could you not like a pancake it, right i mean pancakes waffles anything you can throw a bunch of syrup on i mean you can't go wrong i mean my my kids are like ego waffles all day long totally. i could eat those three days a week and i mean i was too and that's why i'm not skinny right now that's why i ate so many waffles and pancakes growing up but good news is ricky stenhouse he's a pretty fit dude he does all that crossfit stuff and everything like that do you think so, ricky eats pancakes I think he has to. He's probably, they're probably like those protein pancakes. Like, throws a bunch of, like, I don't even know what that powder stuff I is. I bet you he got a year's supply of pancakes from Hungry Jack. Oh, cool. yeah. He, yeah. You can take a scoop of protein powders, you know, and put it in the batter and everything. He's a lucky guy. I mean, you think of all those Kroger um, partners, you know. I get, I'd much rather have a bunch of Hungry, Hungry Jack than, like, Tide, because I'd much rather eat pancakes than do laundry. That's just me. I mean, fair point. Yeah, so... Ricky Stenhouse Jr., number 47, Hungry Jack Chevrolet, now available for order from Lionel Racing at lionelracing.com through our call center, 1-800-952-0708 or other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. And again, make sure you like us on Instagram, Lionel underscore racing. Check out the fresh paint section for new looks at these diecasts and a lot more. 
This weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series hits Michigan International Speedway in the Irish Hills of Michigan. Either of you ever been there to MIS? I have not, but I heard it's just a lovely track. Very fan-friendly. I've been there. Uh, Connor's family's from Michigan. It is very pretty. I've never been to the racetrack, but it's on my bucket list to, to get out there. It is. It, it's never, you know, you don't really think of Michigan as one of those, like, oh, my gosh, crazy finishes, cars flipping upside down, you know, three, four wide, you know, at some of these other tracks. But it, it does put on a good show, and it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot of urgency. There's only two races left before the end of the regular season to get yourself into the playoffs, and we've got Michigan this week, the following week, Daytona. Crapshoot, totally. You don't know who's going to win, how they're going to win, or anything like that. So it's going to be really important to have a good run and get to victory lane at Michigan this Sunday. I agree. Um, there's two spots left um, because with AJ's win on Sunday, I know it locked a bunch of other people in who weren't necessarily locked in going into last Sunday. So, I mean, it's for the guys right there in the, the last positions, they're just going to have to run consistent and get as many points as they can to try to lock themselves in. I don't, I don't know about you, Michelle, but we, we talked about – Last week, how a guy like Denny Hamlin hasn't been to victory lane yet. Almost had a win this past Sunday at Indianapolis. But uh, we're going to Michigan where Kevin Harvick won two races there last year. And he has not won yet this year. Denny hasn't won yet this year. I mean, did you ever think that we'd get this far into the season and not have those guys not do a race win diecast for either of those two yet? How could you predict that after last year? I don't think you could. Um, I would think Harvick would want to win. I mean, obviously he wants to win. He wants to make the playoffs. He's in danger of not making the playoffs. Hamlin's locked in on points. So obviously he wants to win, but it's not as crucial for him at Michigan. But I got to say, I think Larson is the guy to beat. I mean, he in 2017, he won. That was his third win at Michigan in a row. He's with Hendrick Motorsports. They're doing astonishingly well. I mean, he'd be my pick. Obviously, he's going to have a lot of competition for, to right. make that spot to get that victory but Larson's the guy to beat I think it certainly has been so far this year uh the one thing I'm going to be interested to see is how the strategy plays out because you look at the two RCR cars you got Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick uh you know they've got to throw caution to the wind they've got to do everything that they can do to get into the playoffs a guy like Chase Briscoe who kind of did that this past weekend needs to do everything that he can do to get into the playoffs at this point as well but again Kind of like we talked about with Daytona, who's to say that a guy like Stenhouse or something like that couldn't have some, you know, kind of pull a run uh, when, when they need to and really upset a lot of guys. So I think the TV ratings are going to be huge for this one because of the unknowns. Totally. And like you were mentioning, Daytona's really going to be the kicker. I mean, anyone could win that race and they do. Anyone does win that race. So Michigan could be it. Well, I mean, we saw a Daytona 500. If if any of us had Michael McDowell as a playoff driver, I'd no call way. you all a liar. Because no. nobody saw that going into Daytona. I did not. I mean, I picked him in my one fantasy league, so that was a I don't really believe good you. thing. Yeah. I do. I was. I did. I will show you later. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I was the only one to pick Michael McDowell. Did that you? I believe, but I don't believe you picked him. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that Tyler Reddick, I know he and Austin this past Sunday were neck and neck as far as points go because they were on the outside looking in. But Michigan is sort of like a homestead track where Reddick likes to ride the outside just like Kyle Larson, and he's really good at it. So I would definitely check out Tyler Reddick this weekend. I wouldn't count him out. I agree. Reddick is pretty fearless. 
I mean, just that run he had to win the championship at Homestead was unreal. And uh, he'd be one to watch for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's going to be a, a lot of craziness, especially if we get one of those late race cautions. You'll get guys on new tires, old tires. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be one of those rate. I think there, there's going to be a lot of guys taking chances. There's going to be those dive bomb moves into turn one and things like that late in the race because every position is going to matter. And and that's going to be that's just going to add to the excitement going into Daytona, because if you do make a mistake, you do take somebody out, Chase Briscoe, Denny Hamlin. um, There's, you know, if you take me out of the playoffs, I might try to take you out of the playoffs. too. Why wouldn't you? What have you got to lose at that point? Yeah, and those two weren't too happy with each other after the race on Sunday either. So, I mean, there might be some retaliation. Yeah, and, and then they took it to Twitter. I'm like, come on, guys. Oh, I know. You're adults. Like, make a phone call. I mean, I have to say, I do like seeing that on Twitter sure. as a fan and, you know, kind of a voyeur. But as a professional, I, I'm with you. Both of those guys are short trackers uh, from back in the day. And, and I'll tell you what, back in the short track days... You don't tweet people. You know, you go out there with your fists and your, you know, I've seen guys take jack handles to, you know, to threaten other guys. I've seen women take tire irons at the local tracks here. Right. I'm not condoning that now by any means. I need to go to the track with you. Right. Yeah. I mean. Concord Speedway is no longer in service. But, yes, I have seen that back in the day. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Uh, the the whole Twitter machine is a uh, it, it's it's entertaining it's fun it's fun for us to you know say hey did you see what that guy just said but when you're trying to squash beef that's probably not ideal like I don't think if I ticked my wife off which is a daily occurrence <laughs> if I tweeted her like hey my bad it probably wouldn't go over very well just like tweeting hey my bad for spinning you out yeah. probably not the most sincere way to go about it. I do kind of like when the other drivers get involved, though, and they kind of egg it on. I mean, oh, just yeah. sending gifts and stuff of like, ooh, this is getting interesting. Oh, that like, is it's fun like to watch. The old school Jerry Springer, like, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> yes. you're, you, you know, you're, you're on the sidelines just kind of egging everything on. I mean, it's... And, and those drivers make it sound like they've never been in that position, right? right. Like, every driver's been on the receiving end and, and Denny even said this after the race he's been on the receiving end just as many times as he's been on the offending end of incidents like so that the, so the niceties that were shared with the media after the race Sunday are off the table so it's not over because now we're on Twitter which I was shocked I was too but like you and I discussed a little bit that was really I think Denny as the car owner or team owner being professional and going high, I think. But then you get on Twitter, and that kind of does away with that. I will say one of my favorite memes from the weekend was, it was, why does Denny always have problems with guys named Chase? And they had the one with Chase mm-hmm. Briscoe and the one with Chase Elliott in Martinsville a few years mm-hmm. ago. You know, uh, I commend Denny for, for not just throwing verbal haymakers at Chase Briscoe right. as mad as he probably was at the end of the race on Sunday. But, you know, like you said, knowing that he's a team owner now, he's a little bit older. He's, he's kind of been around the block, kind of been on all different ends of different scenarios on the racetrack. Um, 
as a viewer, though, I wanted him to come out there and call him every name under the sun. I thought they were going to fight. It, it, right. I was writing for it. it right. And Denny's walking down pit road, and, and anybody who's ever watched a NASCAR race and sees a driver walking down pit road. You know something's going to happen. Right. Not to their motor Or you want the, something to happen. Right. Right. And I'm sure the fans in their seats probably weren't even paying attention to AJ Elmendinger doing his burnouts or anything well, like that. Well, even they on the TV, Denny. he was doing the burnout, and they were more focused on the confrontation between Chase and Denny. Well, sure. So it was like, all right, well, but can you, y'all at least do, y'all are just talking. We can't even hear what you're saying pretty much uh, well, for the most part. The, the, the guy in, in the sensor with the dump button was probably, you know, very happy that they didn't have the mics turned on because, you know, that guy didn't know what exactly was being said there. And, uh, you know, it's a family show, even though they did move it to cable towards the end of the race, they went from the network down because the race lasted so dang long. I know some people missed that and they were like, I guess I'm just going to watch Goff now. Maybe the race will eventually come back on. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that too, because I stepped away for a minute and golf was on. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's just a teaser or something like that. But then I realized, oh, I'll just switch over to NBCSN and uh, check it out. And sure enough, it was there. But Michigan this week is going to be very, very exciting. No doubt about it. Uh, And and I got to admit that, you know, if I was to pick someone to go to victory lane, uh, I think it's going to be someone that's already locked in the playoffs. I don't, see, while I would like to see from a business standpoint, from just an excitement standpoint, one of those underdog guys go to victory lane and really upset everybody by winning a race. Michigan just doesn't seem to be the track that something like that could happen, at least in my opinion. I think it's going to be, honestly, a guy like Kyle Bush or something that really needs to go has had an okay season by his standards, already locked into the playoffs, but a guy like he or even Truex, uh, both uh, Joe Gibbs Racing teammates, kind of need to right the ship a little bit going into the playoffs. You know, next week at Daytona is just, you, you can't base anything that you do those last 10 weeks off of what you do at Daytona. So this is going to be the last opportunity to really get that momentum uh, for what you need to do moving forward. And I, and I think the, the Gibbs cars at this point need that kind of you know recharge kind of kicking the butt a little bit to uh to get them through the playoffs to make a run for the championship alex who uh, we we heard from michelle and and my pick what about you who do you got for michigan um shockingly enough kind of going back to you with the joe gibbs um i think penske's kind of in the same boat as gibbs as far as their drivers have all won you know and are they're in their playoffs but they need that extra push to kind of keep going um I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. He's never wanted his home track. He, uh, you know, I know he would like to. And now with his announcement of him going over to Roush next year, I think that, you know, he'd like to go out on top just to, you know, show that he appreciates his time at Penske and on to the next chapter. I think it's a, that's a pretty interesting call right there. I'm not going to give you a crap like I did last week about your, your pick because that, that one's pretty solid. And Fords are always good. Uh, at Michigan, they, they or at least they have been in the past. So that's a that's certainly the right drivers to look for this coming Sunday. Michigan International Speedway, the penultimate race of the regular season of the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season. Looking forward to watching that one on NBC.
To close out this episode of Authenticated, we are going to introduce the last lap highlight. It's going to be our chance to talk about the highlight of the past week in the diecast world or the NASCAR world, whichever it may be. Um, we'll go around the room. I'm going to start with you, Alex. What was your last lap highlight of the past week in NASCAR? Well, I have two. Of course, AJ winning. That was a big highlight. Get out of town. I know. Shocking. <laughs> It was just so cool to see him win. His enthusiasm was great. And it was, I'm just so glad Kyle got their first win. That was awesome. Um, but my second one is Corey LaJoy on social media, making memes of himself, hitting the curb and just kind of poking fun at himself. That was really funny to watch. Corey's got a great personality and, and he's, he's definitely a breath of air that the NASCAR cup series needs. Um, I believe maybe you guys may be a little bit more in tune than I am, but I believe he is, he has his deal again for 2022. So, um, good for him because he's the kind of personality that NASCAR cup series needs. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see all, you know, the attention that he's getting and I'm happy for the Pullman family for AJ Allmendinger pulling out the win at Indianapolis. How about you, Michelle? What is your last lap highlight of the week? So my highlight of the week is uh, we've started to get what we call first shots in-house of the next-gen diecast. Right on. The cars that are going to be on track in the Cup Series next season, um, which is pretty exciting. So Gwen Trank, our senior director of production, has been working really hard with our factory overseas on those, and it's really exciting to see those First shots are what they sound like. They're the first look at um, the cars out of the mold. And so we'll, we have more to come on that. We'll, we're working on a way to show you that. Um, we'll be focused on that in a future episode of Authenticated. But um, seeing those in person, they look amazing. Um, Gwen and the team have done an amazing job on working with each of the manufacturers to get them to look like the cars do. So um, it's cool to see all that hard work pay off. So that's my last lap for this week. Absolutely. And those cars, they're undecorated, right? That, right. And we are we have been for a long time uh, working with the teams to get their paint schemes, working with NASCAR to get yep. number placements and all that stuff. So when we do show those, they're not going to be, you know, you're not going to see. Uh, you're you not going to see a full paint scheme. Right. But you're going to see the details of the manufacturer and the chassis, all of that good stuff. So I don't want to give too much away, but uh, more to come. Absolutely. And, and a lot of cool features that fans yes. they, that they've never seen before in Lionel right. Racing diecast. Definitely want to get some of these for your collection. That's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, my last lap highlight just came. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning. Uh, came about midday Monday. Josh Berry signing to do a full year with Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series number eight. And I've known Josh for a long time from the late model side. And I know I talk a lot about short track racing here, but uh, to see those short track guys get the opportunity without having to bring millions of dollars to get into their ride uh josh is the guy you know yeah he made friends with dale jr but he's never paid for any of the stuff that he has with dale jr and be rewarded you know won a race in martinsville this year uh won the big late model martinsville race won a bunch of late model championships and all that stuff so you know, I, I know a lot of people see him as the guy who be, made friends with Dale Jr. on iRacing, but this dude's not a computer racer. Like, this dude is a legit 
strong competitor in the behind the wheel of a race car to see junior motorsports and dale jr kelly and that whole group there reward a guy like josh barry with a full-time ride for 2022 is really cool i know we've offered a couple of his die cast already this year um which is really exciting for me because on the back of my uh, at my in my desk i have all the you know short track guys you know the ryan priest is the daniel hemricks the guy the guys that came from the short track ranks that i've you know uh, that i've known from when before anybody else in nascar knew who they were um that's what decorates my office is a lot of those short track guys and, and seeing a guy like josh you know really earn his his way um to get a full-time ride is something that's uh, definitely exciting for nascar fans and will be something to watch for in 2022 with junior motorsports Episode two of the Authenticated Podcast from Lionel Racing, the Diecast Collectors Podcast, is now in the books, and uh, I don't think we screwed this one up, guys. Way to go! Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Yeah, there's always next week. We'll we'll try to do better the next time. But uh, <laughs> uh, on behalf of Alex Pullman and Michelle Fannin, I am Matt Kenfield. We will be back soon with episode three of Authenticated from Lionel Racing. Follow Lionel Racing on Twitter at Lionel underscore racing, on Instagram at Lionel underscore racing, and be sure to like Lionel Racing on Facebook. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.